0: network all right almost to the weekend it's the sports huddle on CMO espn twelve twenty a.m 93 5 fm and online at simo eric sean and the missouri sports hall of famer jess boland inviting you to join us here in the huddle, here's our EBOMD huddle hotline number. It is 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline powered by EBOMD. Tom Davis from Semo Ball. And SEMOBall.com will join us uh, around 940. We'll talk with Tom about his Semo's uh, basketball program, is broken article. And so, hang on for that. But before that, Jess bowling in the house. Nice collared shirt on today, looking sharp.
1: Yeah, it is. A high, it's a high-dollar shirt. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I do have some good shirts. I'll say that. But uh, I've got to spring it on you once in a while that, that I'm a man of dress. A man? I like your shirt. You um, get a nice looking shirt on. A man, zip up, zip up collar there, with the SEMO emblem on the front.
0: A, a man of dress. Yes, a, a man, man that dress. knows
1: how to dress. Is that hard
0: to understand? You know what ZZ Top said, right? I don't know. Practice. Every, every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man.
1: Well, they're crazy about me then. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. I. You know, we're, we'll we'll be talking basketball with Tom Davis a little bit later on. So we'll kind of wait. For basketball talk. We may talk a little bit about uh big doubleheader tomorrow when Western Illinois comes to the Show Me Center. But
1: it's your old hometown, isn't it?
0: That is. Yeah. We've already, we've already been there. Um, Corbin Burns traded from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, one National League executive according to MLB.com said uh, Baltimore's move to get Burns scary. They're going to be scary. Well, let me see. Oh, yeah, they won 101 games last year, the Baltimore it's Orioles. are still
1: trying to improve.
0: And they're getting rid of their no-good meddling owner. And the Baltimore Orioles may take a big step forward and may actually spend a little money on the franchise, more than they have under the Angelos regime. But Corbin Burns, out of the National League, out of the NL Central, here is what the Brewers got. They got uh, a shortstop named Joey Ortiz, a left-handed pitcher named D.L. Hall, and a competitive balance round A draft pick. It's going to be the number 34 pick in the draft. That's well, what was involved in the trade. Yeah,
1: MLB, I watched those, uh, that station last night, and he was talking about Hall might be ready for big leagues right now, but the other two might be... Uh, You know, work in progress, potential. But uh, two things with uh, Corbin Burns. I'm glad he's out of the division with the Cards. And I wish the Cards would have gotten him. If the Cards would have got him with him and Sonny Gray number two, now all at once that staff does look different, doesn't it? The Cards, I think, would be one of the favorites for the Central. But they didn't. Could have, but didn't. So that's your Cardinals, folks. I know no nothing around here but Cardinal fans. But you got to be critical of them too. They got one pitcher, Sonny Gray. He's good pitcher, but he's not an ace to me. He's not an ace. Corbin Burns, an ace. Blake Snell, an ace. Jordan Montgomery. I rate him right there with Sonny Gray, not an ace, but a really good number two man. But I think the cards, they the went Cardinals
0: out. countered yesterday. They well, the, can, they countered the the Burns move and they signed themselves a free agent. Pitcher.
1: Yeah, <laughs> low hanging fruit. Kenyon
0: Middleton, right hander, is signed by the Cardinals. They've agreed to terms on a contract. He's 30 years old. He started last season, Jess, the new Cardinal pitcher, with the White Sox. And then he got traded at the deadline to the Yankees.
1: And then went to the minors?
0: 12 appearances for the Yankees last year after the trade. Did not have a decision reliever. A 188 earn-run average. And for the season, he was 2-2, two saves... A three thirty-eight earn run average in fifty-one innings. Look good numbers. Thirty years old, right-hander.
1: Kenyon. Can he throw hard? As Middleton a Junker. Don't know that probably.
0: I got to be honest. I'm. I'm not going to be a phony. I've never heard of Kenyon I Middleton. I haven't either. But his numbers
1: are good. I have not heard of him. The Cardinals have been lucky. They they run. I wouldn't say low budget because they're probably right around the middle of money, cap money that they spend on salaries. But when you got a team, I always look at it this way. If I'm rebuilding, I'm not worried about Corbin Burns or Blake Snell or anybody like that, even Sonny Gray. I'm worried about what I got in the minor league system how I can get better, and then when I get better, then turn around and try to get really good. Cards are in a position with Arenado and, and Goldschmidt and some of the people that have Contreras. They've uh, got enough core people. Now I put Gorman, Gorman in that list, too. Didn't he hit 30 homers last year, Nolan Gorman? Hit 30-some-odd homers, I think. And maybe the improvement of Jordan Walker and, and Newt Barr and Edmund, the guys they got, they could win the division. But it all starts and stops with what you got on the mound. And the cards, if he's going to spend any money, I'd love to see him got Burns, even if it is for one year. Because the clock is ticking for... The effectiveness of Gorman, I mean, uh, Arnado and Goldschmidt. So while you got those guys still relatively in their prime, somewhere close to their prime, make a push for something. The tight central division or something like that with the cards. They uh, did. I'm sorry. Now nah, I'm sorry. The three pitchers they got, I'm not really impressed with any of them. Sonny Gray, maybe. But I think you can roll back the tape on this. You're the said, second best run, run average in the sport what, and finished third all, I, in the Cy Young I know young all voting. about that before you give me the numbers. I know all about it. I've seen him pitch a lot.
0: Gorman, but, hit, Gorman hit 27 home runs last year.
1: Before they went into free agency, I told you who the Cards would sign. And I said Sonny Gray. I said that a month or two months before they became available that's good it's okay that's okay he's a good pitcher he's better than what you had but he's a middle of the line pitcher if for me if i'm trying to win a championship he's he's just number two man in your staff depending on if you had burns and uh, you know jordan montgomery maybe might be a three but I knew with what was out there and what was available, the Cards would go after somebody that's free agent, good pitcher, but maybe a second-tier guy. So I'm not impressed at all with what the Cardinals did with bringing in Lynn. Canyon Middleton. What's that other one he signed? Kyle Gibson. Gibson, yeah. I'm not impressed with either one of them.
0: Canyon Middleton who the Cards signed for the bullpen yesterday, 30-year-old right-hander. Jesse's a three-pitch pitcher, fastball slider change. Last year, with the White Sox and Yankees, his four-seam fastball averaged 95.81, so 96. That's good enough. His slider, 86, and his changeup is actually harder than his slider, Right around 88 miles an hour.
1: So he's a three-pitch guy. Well, it could be a good pickup for the cards, those kind of numbers. What was his strikeout-to-walk ratio? That's very, very important.
0: His whip was good last year.
1: Below one? No. I don't think so. No. Very few pitchers are below one.
0: All right. His whip was 1.25. That's
1: good. That's good.
0: In his career, which started in 2017 with the Angels. He was with the Angels for four years, one year with Seattle, one year with Arizona, and he was terrible for Arizona. Had a 529 ERA and 18 appearances.
1: So he's actually. Last
0: year. As I mentioned, 188 for the Yankees. His career earned run average is 384. Last year in his 12 appearances with the Yankees, 17 Ks and 14 innings.
1: Well, he's better than what the Cards had, evidently, you know, in that bullpen. Now, he's not going to be the Cardinal closer, probably. It's going to be Helsley. But you always needed another guy. Guy Helsley
0: is a porcelain doll. Can you use him two days in a row? Can you use him for four outs? We don't
1: know. As of now, you say no. You can do what a closer's supposed to do, though. Use him for one inning, and uh, he's very effective. He might. This guy might cha- uh, move Gallegos uh, down a notch. You know, if he if he pitches in spring training and at the beginning of the year like he could, if he's got that kind of whip. A whip means how many runners get on base per inning against you. So one-and-one-quarter players get on base. Now, that guy that's a quarter of a player, I don't know if you get the upper body 25% or the lower. So I'd probably want the upper body, wouldn't you? 25% of a guy. Come on, bail me out. I'm, I'm going off the deep end over here. Whip his walks
0: and hits for innings. <laughs> I know pitched.
1: what it is. That's why, But it's, one, it's how many people are on base and it, with walk or hit. And that's not bad at all. One, two, two, five.
0: So Corbin Burns out of the NL Central. The Brewers just took a big hit.
1: Yeah, they did. I don't even know um, their second pitcher. What did
0: he? He underwent surgery. Yeah.
1: So I don't. He's out. I don't
0: know if if he's coming back this year. I don't
1: know what are they doing. You know, because the Brewers are pretty good. Trying to clear money or something, or I don't. I don't understand what they're doing.
0: Well, he was in the final year, and they weren't going to pay him. It's like what they did with haters. Yeah, but he was you coming know what? up for you a Let him
1: pitch to August, and then still get things money out of him. You know that? Maybe more. So, anyway, I just wish the Cards would have got him, even for this year.
0: Brandon Woodruff could miss the entire season after his surgery. So, who's the next
1: in line, I I guess? uh, Freddy Peralta. Peralta would be number three. And Peralta's a good pitcher, but he's not an ace.
0: Got Colin Ray, Adrian Hauser. I mean, they were formidable with Burns and Woodruff at the top yeah. of the rotation. Now they have neither.
1: No, and and they lost their manager. Yeah, that's that's a bigger thing than people I think think. Now a they signed. Manager.
0: They signed Reese Hoskins at first base. That's a, well, that's help. a good sign. Yeah. yeah. But suddenly, the Brewers don't look as imposing without Woodruff and Burns at the top.
1: And Council is a good manager. Now, a good manager in the big leagues may be the difference between, I don't know, the average manager and a good manager, probably four or five games a year that he might win where an average manager won't by... an move in the bullpen maybe late you know who you bring in who you don't stuff like that council's good so a guy like that over a guy like Marmol, let's say might be the difference between four or five games you know how much that could mean in a race four or five games the cubbies would have been in you give them four more victories and four less losses and council is the guy that Could make that much. Maybe they don't make that much difference because it's so competitive. But a good manager like him, maybe the best manager in National League. Can you name me somebody maybe that's a better manager than Craig Council? Hey, Bud Black. Bud Black. (laughs) Oh.
0: No, he, he's among what, he's among the elite managers. I wish the, the Cardinals game.
1: could have done a package with Brewers and got Craig Council and Burns and the Cardinals would be favorites. Would I? Wouldn't you think Cardinals would be favorites in that division if they picked up Burns and Craig Council, the manager? <laughs> oh, nothing against Marball, just that he he doesn't impress me as a manager.
0: The Cubs finished one game out of the wild yeah, card last year, and
1: they give him four more victories. <coughs>
0: they lost Give them two more. They lost six of their last ten games last year.
1: I know. I watched them. And I, I grieved
0: for you. But Diamondbacks dominated them, <coughs> and it was the Diamondbacks that beat them out by a game.
1: Well, they also beat the Dodgers out, you know, in the playoffs. So <coughs> there's two teams in sports I like to see lose, Dallas Cowboys and the L.A. Dodgers. I don't like either one of those teams. And then third, I guess I'm all right is the, with the Dodgers. New England Patriots, especially when Brady was there.
0: I'm okay with the Dodgers.
1: Well, that's good. I don't,
0: I don't have venom. You
1: can be a Dodger fan
0: against the the Dodgers, doesn't mean I'm a how fan. About the, how about of the Yankees? Dodgers. Not a fan of the Yankees. No,
1: I'm not either. I put them in on the list top five.
0: I love it when they are. A non-factor in the American League, like last year. Yeah. And all of the wailing that goes on on National Sports Talk Radio. uh, The same with the Mets.
1: Well, let's face it. People that run, own, like Murdoch did on Fox. Uh, uh, He still does, I guess. But the people that own these powerful stations, they want New York and L.A. in every World Series. Don't you think? It's going to be more money. So that's. Part of the wailing, uh, you probably hear of the people in the sports media that's covering these people and the owners and people like that. But simple people like you and me, I don't want to see the Yankees win. I don't want to see the Dodgers win. I don't want to see Dallas Cowboys win. I had to wear my sunglasses into the, the show today. It's sunny outside,
0: you know. I went to the dentist yesterday.
1: How'd that work out? Good.
0: Good cleaning. And
1: cleaning I didn't think, I didn't think they did that cuz I asked them about that when I was in there and
0: they absolutely do cleanings.
1: Well, the girl gave me some wrong information then. Cuz I always got my teeth cleaned at least once a year, they recommend every scraped. six months. I've got an appointment yeah. again for six, six months. Six months is what they recommend.
0: I got a couple of cavities, so I get those fixed next week.
1: But I absolutely ask them about that, and maybe she did. Maybe they maybe they wouldn't do it then. That was a couple years ago.
0: No, they they've got. All sorts. That of is the most dental thing. hygiene techs there. The I, in most fact, high I asked Ross Bennett when he came in. You could not
1: be more high tech than Bennett Dentistry. So would Ro- you think? I mean, they are the top of the line. The building. I was really impressed when I was in there. I feel like I was in good hands.
0: Never seen a building as big, and Busy. you just see so many people that work there too yes it's busy busy. so i asked him when he came in i'm like how many employees do you have here what do you think the answer was
1: uh 32
0: 40 employees at bennett family dentistry
1: i didn't miss it too bad
0: that is massive i said okay you've got a bunch of buddies who are dentists guys you went to school with guys you've networked with off the top of your head can you think of another dentistry practice that has more than 40 employees that you know of. And he said, yeah, there, was, there is a guy, buddy of his. He's got a practice in Wichita Kansas, 48 employees. And I said, come on, Ross. He's got eight more than you. It doesn't seem to me like you want it, man. And you know what? It doesn't seem like you want it. Are you going to be able to get to 48?
1: You know what that does for you when you've got that many people and everything? You get a problem with a toothache. Or maybe a cap came off or anything like that' you can get in the next day 'cause I got one cap and it came off, and boy, I don't like to be walking around and much as we talk and have a tooth out, especially in the in the front four, and I called immediately, boy, and the Ross said, Come on over we'll take care of it it's that it's a lot of times you call an apartment, you know, for, for people. Of course, I might be a prestigious customer. Ross Bennett played baseball for the Cappahawks out in Wichita. And he was a great ball baseball player. Played down at Baylor University. And so when I went over he and I got into conversation about baseball in the hallway. And I think we was disrupting the policy of everybody else trying to get by us. I mean, we were talking baseball. You know how it is when you talk baseball or sports, you get carried away. And he and I were talking about college sports and caps and everything else, you know. They are busy there. It's not like they got 40 employees and everybody's, you know, you got maybe eight of them working or 10 of them working. They really, um, it's a good place to go, folks. If you have a problem, you want caps, you want parcels, you want root canal, whatever you need.
0: You want to get a cleaning?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to make an appointment now since you said that. So the frenzy
0: is the word I'll use surrounding Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey, but specifically Taylor yeah. Swift. The sports books are now trying to capitalize a little bit with some of their prop bets for the Super Bowl. And they are not offering props specifically related to Swift or her actions during the game. But ESPN Bet is offering Swellsey. Swift, Kelsey, Swellsey, including, Jess, plus 1,500 that the MVP and the bet is called MVP Swellsey for Travis Kelsey to be the Super Bowl MVP. They have an entire section dedicated to the Swellsey specials.
1: Well, in Vegas, if you want to make a bet on anything, you can do it in Vegas. The, the, you could go out there probably and make a bet on how many times the camera would shoot on her suite. You could probably make a bet on how many times she's jumping up and down in her suite. You could probably make a bet on how many minutes it takes if the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl for her to show up on the field. So it's uh, – but I, I think it's good. It's good for football. Well, the NFL says it is to the tune of point eight million a thirty-one point eight million dollars that it's increased NFL value.
0: There's a betting entity, STN Sports. Just they are offering a prop bet entitled "Tight End versus Pop Star," and. It is asking whether Kelsey will have more receptions in the game than Taylor Swift's 10 platinum albums. So, in other words, 11 catches. or more receptions for Kelsey. Well, he
1: did last game. It's
0: a plus 450. He
1: had 11 last game, so that's a lot of catches in a game. Yeah, but you know, I don't what, think he's going
0: to get to 11. Well,
1: he may not, but he's going to be targeted, I, I would say, at least 15 to 20 times, don't you? He will be the target.
0: Well, he was targeted 11 times in the last game and had a catch on and all 11. 11 targets. But it would be
1: double digits that he would be targeted. I mean, he's the lead man, number one target. So Which, is, which is why the 49ers might defend him a
0: little differently than Baltimore. Right,
1: did. right. But, you know, nobody's really, I don't know, that just shut him down. You you know, you can help. But when it, it really gets into the other receivers then. If he's going to be double-team, maybe a safety come over, then it's going to clean the slate a little bit for Rice and some of these other receivers. So they got to play their game, up their game, like they did the last game. If they are successful on some tough catches, I tell you, the more you watch games, and if you watch this game coming up in the Super Bowl, the window for... An NFL player to be open, a quarterback to get it to him, is very limited, isn't it? I mean, you don't, once in a while, you'll see a guy like last game, Kelsey was open. He got loose over there on the left side, but not very often. Most of the time, every pass is contested. That guy's right there. Maybe he gets there a little bit sooner than he should for a penalty. But these guys cover people. And, To be a good passing quarterback in the NFL, buddy, you've got to know your receivers. Chiefs practice yesterday. They leave for Vegas Monday. Practice?
0: Defensive tackle Chris Jones on the injury report with a quad. Isaiah Pacheco is on the injury report with a toe and ankle. But... They were full participants in practice yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's a good sign. That's one
1: good thing about Super Bowl. And I think that's there's two reasons Super Bowl is two weeks away. Is the one thing for hype, for interviews, and for pushing the Super Bowl. You know, for everybody, the media type stuff. Another is to let some guys get a little bit better when they're banged up. Give them a chance to you know, get healed a little bit before the Super Bowl because they want people to be available in the Super Bowl. It's just like World Series. You don't want to play a World Series and there's Juan Soto can't play or you know, Arnato's out, or, you know, things like this. So that's one of the reasons why you got two weeks in between the championship game of the conferences before the Super Bowl. And you remember one year, I, I think it's one year, they they didn't do that. They played the very next week. You remember that? It was back probably 15, 20 only years only happened ago. once, yes. Yeah. And they didn't like that, and no, I didn't either. I didn't either. I don't mind two weeks in between. I don't, I don't like it. I know you wouldn't like it, but I, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. gives you more chance to talk football and dissect all this stuff and be able to talk about Taylor Swift. And uh, no matter what you think. She is uh, the NFL says she's bringing the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs money, and you know what? Money talks, and you know what walks. So, bottom line, she's a plus. Kadarius Tony,
0: Jess, no longer on the injury report. He was a participant in practice yesterday. And he was back with the Chiefs, messing around during practice, as guys will do. Does that mean that he's ready to go and will play in the Super Bowl? I don't know, but he's no longer on the injury report, and he was practicing yesterday.
1: He probably will. He'll probably on the roster for it, but uh, he may not play much.
0: And again, he had a touchdown in last year's Super Bowl and a 60-plus yard punt return. Well, that may be
1: what he does. In the game only, he may not line up as a wide receiver in the game. Well,
0: if he does, just line
1: up on sides.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's my only request.
1: That might have cost the Chiefs the. In it, well, I don't think it would have cost them the NFC Getting divisional the... championship. Did it? No, no,
0: they won the division.
1: Yeah, But what was
0: it? it could have been the two seed.
1: What was it, eleven and six?
0: You could have been the two seed. Yeah, that's, well, that's and what I was And play it at home. To. Yeah. You get two home games. And
1: that's what I was getting to. They lost a home game.
0: But I think the Chiefs have answered a few questions, though, by going on the road to win these games at Buffalo, at Baltimore, underdogs in both games. And they're underdogs in this Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: You know, the, talk about him being on the roster or whatever. He's healthy now. The Chiefs, even if they weren't going to play him much, they don't want that distraction. You know, because if he all at once wasn't on the roster and he's healthy, you'd have reporters all over the place. Conspiracy theory and, you know, they don't like him. They got something going against him and unfair and all this kind of stuff. You, That would take away from the Super Bowl information. So even if – whether he'll be with the Chiefs next year, I doubt it very seriously. Don't you? Do you think he'll be with the Chiefs next year?
0: I would be surprised. It's a $2.5 million cap hit. Maybe he's back. I don't know.
1: But, but I, he I, might – They're
0: going to address the wide receiver <clears throat> position, whether it's in the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's a trade. They are going to address yeah. wide receiver.
1: He might have to make some kind of public apology for his behavior. To be on the Chiefs next year. And I don't know if he's man enough to do that. Because to admit you're wrong in public, it's hard to do. Would you ever admit you're wrong on the radio? All the time. Well, I do too. My I always sh- say I'm 50% I've wrong. Got
0: a, I've got a big swing and miss rate. <laughs> I
1: always say I'm 50% wrong half, half the time. And that makes it a hundred percent
0: wrong when I am wrong. Washington Commanders hired Dan Quinn as their new coach.
1: Well, he's had a whack at it before the head coach.
0: Yeah, he, he's up, a good coordinator. Up twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl, and it was a crash yeah, and burn.
1: He's a good coordinator, but I don't know about head coaching. It's just, yeah, like, just
0: go look where Dallas is ranked the last three years in scoring defense: top ten, top five. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've ranked good. like four, you know, six, like seven.
1: Spagnolo. Spagnolo is a good defensive coordinator, one of the best, but he struck out as a head coach.
0: And I think he's seven games over 500 as the coach of the Atlanta Falcons. If I'm a Commanders fan, sorry, I'm not inspired by this, by this hire at all. Especially with some of the guys that are available, man. Mike Vrabel's out there. Yeah. I'm interested, if you polled people that are, Around the National Football League, work in the National Football League day in, day out, and you ask them, Who do you think is a better head coach, Mike Vrabel or Dan Quinn?
1: Well, I'd say I think most people would say Vrabel. Eighty percent would say him, is do you think? Maybe seventy five percent. Seventy five percent.
0: And is it fair to judge a guy on one game? Well, not really, but his defense is in the playoffs. The Packers scored 48 points on Dan Quinn's defense. I know they had a pick six. So it's not all. But they finished with 48 points in the football game. Jordan Love, who is a first-year starting quarterback, just diced up Quinn's defense.
1: Picked them apart.
0: Anyway. So that's, uh, that's the big NFL news, the hiring of Dan Quinn. And uh, that means Bill Belichick, Jess, will not be on an NFL sideline. And the speculation is you'll see him from with one of the networks doing some studio work. And the reputation just generally for the average casual fan is that he's a grump. We've seen his press conferences, that he's a grump. He's an old grump. He has a perfect opportunity here, Jess, to show his full personality on these shows and maybe rehabilitate that tag that he's got as being a grouch or that he is too old to connect with the young players today. When you just hear reasons why you don't think that Belichick does have a job, those are topics: age, grump, connecting with the young players, all that good stuff. And just listening to guys who are who have do interviews that played for Belichick, they say he's a funny guy. He's got a great personality. You just don't see it at the press conference. Well. If they hire him for a studio job, we will see.
1: Well, what one is thing personality about it, is. In a Studio job, he can answer about any question about football that you want to come up with. That's the number one thing. And whatever else personality he's got, you're going to see it, because let's face it, doing these kind of jobs like we're doing right now, it I think it takes a somewhat of a special type of personality and knowledge. To be able to sit down and hold an audience, and I think he's got he's got one of it that's for sure his knowledge, and uh, if he's anywhere near uh, able to hold your attention, because you can't I don't think you can have somebody on a show that's just glum and dumb as far as speaking.
0: That counts me out
1: and. He's, uh, I think he's got to show you some of the personality. It's got to be a little different than when he was a coach. I think he'll. And it will. Yes. It will, I yes. think. Uh,
0: change image for, I mean, it only takes one owner to say, okay, maybe he's not as grumpy as we, we thought. We we want to go with the guy who's won more Super Bowls than anyone in the history of the sport. All right, Jess, you want to bring Tom Davis on? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, dot com. We'll talk about his article, SEMO Basketball is Broken, but thankfully I have a solution. Tom Davis joins us next. Happy Groundhog Day, everybody. That's right. It is Groundhog Day. And just in my home, it is a tradition. Every February 2nd, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, Andy McDowell will be played at my establishment, <laughs> it is a tradition. Watch Groundhog Day every year. One of Murray's best movies.
1: It was. I tell you, if you want to laugh, tune that one in. Uh, and you, if you got Netflix or anything, you probably get it. <laughs> but it is funny. I love it when he t- trying to... He, he can't be killed. He, <laughs> he, and he drives off of a cliff in a pickup, and he drives down the tracks right towards a big freight train, And anything, and he's always going to wake up the next day.
0: It's a great movie. If you have not seen and most people, I'm sure, probably, that are listening have seen Groundhog Day. But if not, give it a shout today.
1: I like when he went to learn how to play the piano. Remember, and this, she had a student in there, and he said, I can give you $1,000 a day or and something like that. she kicked the
0: student out.
1: he <laughs> see the student <laughs> thrown out the door.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to talk with SEMO uh, Ball's Tom Davis. He is on the EBOMD Huddle Hotline. Tom, good morning. How are things?
2: Hey, it's going to be 64 degrees and sunny today, and St. Louis Cardinals pitchers and catchers report in 12 days. So life, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to make life much better than right now for the three of us.
1: I don't and know, you mentioned, Tom, uh, and do you, you, mentioned do you like Groundhog, Groundhog Day? <laughs> Go ahead. Do you like Groundhog Day? I love it. All right. Great movie. All right. How about you the concept of that?
2: That was just an ingenious. I, somebody I came hear. up with that.
0: It absolutely was. It was fantastic. Uh, just the <laughs> same day, every day. And we get to hear I Got You Babe about a thousand times uh, in that movie. Yeah. All right. Um, so you have written a column at SEMO Ball several days back, and it is entitled SEMO Basketball is Broken, but thankfully I have a solution. For those who have not read the column, Tom, uh, synopsize things for us.
2: Well, before I get started, uh, I need to, uh, I cringe when I hear you read the word broken because that was a terrible choice of word, uh, on my part too, because it insinuates that the program overall is broken. And that's not my belief. That's, that wasn't my intention. Um, do you write your own, do you write
0: your own headlines? I mean, is that your
2: headline? 100% my fault. One hundred percent, not ninety nine. One hundred percent, my fault. You can, and you can I've go change. I apologized on social media, okay. and I apologize here. Um, it, because here is the thing: you could make an argument, I could make an argument that there are certain aspects of the program that you could say are broken, but not overall, not even close. Um, there is so much positivity within the SEMO men's basketball program in so many ways for the fans and the alums to be proud of. A Terrible choice on my part, and I apologize.
0: Well, you could change the headline, right?
2: I could, but people had already seen it, and so, um, yeah, you're right, I could.
0: Okay, synopsize could. synopsize the column itself outside of the headline.
2: Okay. Um, there are... are a lot of things that need to improve with the SEMO men's basketball uh, program. Um, and one of them is obviously you need to get talented players in there. Now we are in a strange time where there happened to be eight division one caliber basketball players in the Southeast Missouri region. And, and that's very, very rare because and I think the three of us agree on this top this point that ninety nine percent of the athletes in all sports in southeast Missouri cannot possibly compete at the Ohio Valley Conference level. It's very, very rare when an athlete in any sport is Division One caliber. Very rare. So my column was not Southeast Missouri State men's basketball needs to recruit Southeast Missouri more. That's not what I wrote. I wrote specifically these eight players who are all Division I caliber players. They need to go and sign them. And I gave them a very unique, creative plan to try to entice these kids in signing with SEMO. And so that's the synopsis. It wasn't recruiting SEMO in general because – the, as I noted in the column, Brad Corn and his staff are recruiting Southeast Missouri uh, for the players that are legitimate Division One candidate, or caliber athletes. They are doing that, and I said that in the column. They're working very hard at that. I said that in the column. But here we have this rare time where SEMO is struggling on the court, and we have these eight players who could help SEMO, and it would generate interest. So you put all that together, and that was my column.
0: And Tom Davis from SEMO Ball is our guest this morning, uh, and you go pretty in-depth with NIL, but you read some of uh, your thought process here with N, uh, NIL, and they are NCAA violations, unfortunately.
2: Well, no, here's one aspect of that that was an NCAA violation, one small aspect. Here's what you could do. If people have read my column. I say get everybody in the same room, from the recruits to their families to their coaches to the SEMO president to the SEMO athletic director to the SEMO coaching staff uh, to the boosters. And I say make your sales pitch. Here's why all eight of you need to come to SEMO. And then I said hammer out the details with the NIL, with the boosters, the families, the recruits, all that kind of stuff. The one thing that I got wrong – was when you do that, the Southeast Missouri State University personnel cannot be in the room.
0: No, they cannot.
2: So they would have to leave the room, and the negotiations, if you want to call them that, would have to be between the boosters and the recruits and their families and, and that sort of thing. So that was the one area that I was incorrect on. Um, and so, yes, you can have that big meeting, and places do it all the time, and I talk to a coach that does that all the time. But at one point, Brad Korn has to stand up and say, hey, now you guys are going to start talking about NIL stuff. We have to leave, not just the coaching staff, but university president, AD, anybody else that is a, an employee of SEMO would have to leave the room.
0: What kind of feedback are you getting on this column, Tom? And, and by the way, uh, it is not an article it is not a story. It is a column. There is a difference in journalism. This is an opinion column. And uh, people, and uh, you know, journalism is changing, uh, as we know. Uh, but if you work for a major outlet and you are a columnist, one of your jobs is to stir the pot. Uh, that's what columnists do. Bernie Nicholas was a great pot stirrer for years for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. But this is a column. What kind of feedback are you getting?
2: Well, um, I've only gotten one phone call about it. Uh, it was from somebody connected to Southeast Missouri State, and we had a very cordial, professional discussion. I agreed with him on certain points, and, and we'll have to agree to disagree on other points, but really I haven't gotten any emails, um, and I haven't uh, uh, gotten phone calls or anything like that other than that one. And um, so really uh, minimal feedback to be to be honest.
0: Well you got a bunch uh, you got a bunch of comments in the story in the comment section and I know you're pretty active on social media. you getting feedback there?
2: Well, here two things on that. number one, I never read the comments. Um, it, there, there's nothing constructive that comes from me reading the comments. <laughs> and it's it's actually interesting. I, I was reading I follow a journalism blog and Two days ago, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel announced that they are no longer going to allow comments after stories, and the publisher said because they serve no constructive purpose. And so uh, I thought, wow, for 25 years I've been saying that, and nobody listens to me, and finally somebody's listening to me. So I have no idea what the comments are. You're more than welcome to read them to me and and get my opinion on them, um, but I have no idea what people have said on that. Um, And then there was a second part of your question, and... I can't remember. I lost my train of thought there.
0: No, I was just talking about uh, feedback on social media.
2: Oh, on social – well, here's the thing. I am on Twitter, um, but 99% of what I post has nothing to do with sports in southeast Missouri. It has a lot of investment information, has some Tampa Bay Buccaneer and Tampa Bay Lightning uh, information because for some weird reason, a guy from Indiana actually is a Buccaneer and a Lightning fan. Um, And so uh, I I really don't comment on sports in southeast Missouri on there. So really nobody follows me that cares about stuff down here. So in any event.
1: Well, I would ask uh, one question. When you write a column like that, do you have to have somebody there or do you like to have somebody there at the Missourian or to actually read it before you put it in?
2: No, uh, is the answer to that. Back in the day, um, and, and Eric probably remembers back in journalism where we all had four times the number of employees and things like that. Yeah, back in the day, it would get, um And I never liked that, to be honest with you, because an opinion column is kind of like a painting, it's a piece of art, and it's my thoughts. Now, you have to live with your thoughts, come water. Uh, as you put your thoughts out on the computer screen and send it out to 5,000 people to read. And for example, the word broken, mistake. Example, the one part of that scenario that I painted that was an NCA violation, mistake. So I have to live with those. I have to apologize for those and live with those. But I don't want anybody else changing my painting. These are my thoughts they're my thoughts. They're not the thoughts of Simo Ball or any newspaper that I ever worked for, and I don't want people changing it. It's my baby. Don't touch it.
1: Well, my and feeling so, was back
2: in the day,
0: yes. Yeah, you got to run it by thought, you got to run it by editors and, and yeah, yeah. My
1: feeling was, of, you know, of lawsuits and not on this column that well, you wrote, but but you know, the protection the of the I newspaper. I started
2: writing in 1987. I'm smart enough not to write something that's going to get me sued. And so um, I don't want to lose my job and I don't want to get sued, uh, which would cause me to lose my job. So I'm smart enough not to do that. Um, But yeah, there are newspapers all over America where you could write. Well, actually, in the comments section, the comments, you can use a fake name and say, I think the the mayor of Wichita, Kansas is a drug dealer. And, And you can post it and people leave it there. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But to answer your question, I'm not going to be sued because I'm not going to write something that I can be sued
1: for. Well, I don't think there's anything in this column for that. I'm just saying that, you know. Right. For protection. Yeah. I, I think I years the ago they would do that. I think they, you'd run it by oh, somebody. Absolutely
2: they would years ago. Yeah. Years ago. I worked for a newspaper in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Not that anybody cares about this. In two thousand we had nine or we had eighty nine people in the newsroom. When we went out of business in two thousand eighteen, we had nine. And so that's the newspaper business for you. And so, uh, yeah, back in the day, it probably got read by three people before it went to to print.
0: Okay, so over the years, there are beat writers that follow teams. There are still beat writers that follow teams, whether it's Derek Gould, the beat writer for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, or Marty Michau, who used to be the beat writer for Southeast Missouri State Athletics. Uh what what is your current job? I mean, are you a beat writer? I know you don't go to road games and that 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 has all changed with just at what you're describing and how the how the journalism industry uh has been in a ever changing fluid state. Are you the beat writer yeah. for SEMO? Uh you know, what what how does it work? What 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 is your specific job? Because we see Clay Harrell writing you know, some sure. stories and, and different things. So uh, Tom Davis is what?
2: Tom Davis is a freelance sports reporter for CMOball.com. Um And this is confusing to a lot of people because a lot of people still think that I'm running Steamoball. I get emails every single week uh, with questions or concerns about something that they think that I'm running it. Here's the deal. Two years ago, they eliminated my position, my full-time position, as a regional sports editor in a cost-cutting mood. They offered me a different full-time position at a much lower salary. I said, no, thank you. John Rust and I came to an agreement because I enjoy writing about sports in Southeast Missouri, and he enjoys having me write for, uh, for his products because the readers enjoy it. I'm the most and I'm not saying this to be arrogant. I'm just telling you what the statistics are. I am the, I'm the best writer. I'm the most experienced writer. I'm the most read writer. Uh, it's not even close. Uh, we have the digital numbers that to, to, to back me up on that. And so he wanted me with the company because his company benefits from it, but he didn't want to pay what I was making as regional sports editor. And so we came to an agreement that I would write 40 stories a month for CMO And he pays me per story. And I, but I have in my contract that I have the autonomy to cover what I want to cover. So if I got a burr up my butt this morning and said, Hey, I want to go watch Jackson basketball tonight. I can go do it. I can write, I can cover whatever I want to cover. Now I am not, I have covered a half dozen or so CMO men's basketball games this year Uh, I watch their games regularly on ESPN plus. That's one of the greatest inventions of mankind. You can watch all sorts of sports on there. And so I watch them play regularly and I've covered them a half dozen times. I am not officially the beat writer for SEMO men's basketball. I am a freelance sports reporter and I cover what I decide to cover. Now, having said that, they have asked me to spend more time down in the booty on the southern part of the coverage area because they currently do not have a sports editor in Poplar Bluff, in Dexter, or in Kennett. And so of the five newspapers in this area, they don't have sports editors at those three. And I live in Sykeston. So I agreed that I would stay down here and, and mostly cover that. But that doesn't mean that I don't watch CMO men's basketball, and it doesn't mean that I haven't this year.
0: All right, back in the day, the beat writer, and I'm just going to use Marty Misha as an example, would be on the bus. I ride the bus with the team. They allow me as a visitor, not part of their program, to ride the bus. The beat writer would go on the road, get all the quotes, and file stories from the road. That no longer takes place, but what I have noticed over the last couple of years, uh, when you're writing a story after a SEMO football game, and Coach Tuke, you'll have quotes from Coach Tuke. Basketball, you've had quotes from Brad Korn. These are quotes from our post-game radio interviews, word for word. And when we talk about journalism and journalism integrity, I can't remember one time that our radio station has been credited for quotes that you get on the road because you're not calling Brad Corn, talking to him on the bus. He said you haven't called him in two years after a game. Uh, your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I agree with you. Um, if I have not done that, then I apologize. And I will if I ever do. I, I doubt that I cover Simo on a game-to-game basis um, because I'm so busy down in the southern part. But in the future, moving forward, if indeed I cover or write about a specific game, then I will certainly say that he said on your post-game radio show. I will do that. Now, other writers at CMO Ball, I can't speak for them. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their agreement is. I don't they call Brad Core, I have no idea what they're doing. But speaking for myself, if I cover a game in the future and I use quotes from the radio show, I will certainly attribute them to you.
0: So you cover Coach Tuke and SEMO football pretty thoroughly, or you have. uh, I
2: I, I would say that I am the beat writer for SEMO football uh, at this time. Now, maybe that changes in the future. Um, I don't know because, like you said, journalism is unbelievably fluid. Um, I may not even be a freelancer next week uh, for all I know. I mean, it's that – I've worked at two newspapers that went out of business on a moment's notice. So, I mean, everything's fluid. But this second, yes, I am the beat writer for SEMO football.
0: So you've written some critical things about the football program under Coach Took. How is your relationship with him uh, after you write something that is critical like that?
2: Um, My relationship with Tom Matukowicz is absolutely fantastic. Um, And to the best of my knowledge, my relationship with Brad Korn is absolutely fantastic. I think the world of both of those guys. um, That has nothing to do with, uh, I write something about their basketball team had a disappointing performance. Or in this case, I think that they need to sign these eight specific players. Um, This is just part of it. Uh, It's kind of like a coach and a player. There are days that Brad Korn yells at one of his players. That doesn't mean that he hates them. And he never wants to talk to him again. And so, uh, what you know, in any business, there are other employees at the radio station that sometimes you butt heads with, but you have to figure it out and move forward for the good of the business. And so, um, and, and, and just laughs. Maybe the two of you butt heads. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, uh,
1: yeah, often.
2: <laughs> but in any event, uh, my relationship with both of those guys, to the best of my knowledge, I to- talked with Tom Matukowicz for ten minutes yesterday, and. He didn't cuss me out, so I guess it's okay.
0: So what kind of feedback do you get from actual employees of the university with some of the stuff that you write that may not paint uh, the picture that they appreciate? How, how, did, how does that well, work as a journalist? I'm feedback.
2: Not, I'm not going to go into the private conversation I had earlier this week, but I, what I will say is I've covered FEMA for probably five years. And well, actually, it has been five years. Five years this May, right? And so, um, I've probably written a thousand stories regarding SEMO athletics of some sort. And uh, my guess, if I and I'm being really fair with this number, my guess is I've probably written six critical pieces in five years. Now, I will say this: in the 994 positive features that I've written. I never hear anything. The six critical pieces, yeah, I'll get a phone call from somebody or or a text or something or an email or something like that. So they never call for the 994 positive pieces. They only call for the six in the last five years that have been critical.
0: Gotcha. So
2: that's how it works. But that's people. You know, people never tell you. Thank you for picking up a piece of trash in their yard. They just yell at you because you walk through their yard or something like that. So that that's just how people are. So you just move on.
0: It's the same with me. If I bring up a stat or a topic and it may not be favorable for whatever CMO sport for me, I'm covering yeah. at the time, I'll hear back from it. But sure, uh, that's, sure. that's the it's way sure goes. it goes. You know how it is.
2: You know, as I've gotten older, and I, I'm probably older than you, Eric, and Jess has got me by a couple of years, but not much, um, I, I honestly I live by something called the 5 and 5 rule. If it's not going to matter five years from now, don't spend more than five minutes thinking about it. And so back to your question about my relationship with Tom Matukowicz or Brad Korn or anybody else that I – high school coach that I have a, a situation with – it's not, I'm telling you, none of what we're talking about today is even going to matter in five weeks, let alone five years. So I'm not spending more than five minutes worrying about it.
0: All right, Tom. Uh, and in in a synopsis here, I, I want to double back to this for people that are going to read your column that haven't. Uh, again, the title is, SEMO Basketball is Broken, but thankfully I have a solution. And uh, you have said using the word broken on that headline was the wrong word to use. You have the ability to go in and change it. You are choosing not to do so. Correct?
2: Well, no, no, I wouldn't say that. In fact, this afternoon, I'll probably get online and I'll do that because you suggested doing it. And it's a good idea, but I will say this. When a story is posted, 95% of the readership takes place in the first 24 hours. So yes, I can change it, but it, it doesn't it, the damage is already done of using that poor word. Now, I'm not saying the damage of the column. I stand by the column. It's my opinion, my words and I stand by that. But that as we talk about that one word, I I can go ahead and change it this this afternoon, but 95% of the people that are ever going to read that column have already read it. So, it doesn't serve a huge purpose in changing it. It's if you get my point on that. But you know, it is a good idea. And, Eric, you and I agree on a lot of sports topics, a lot of angles in sports and things like that. And you've made some really good points today, and I laud you for that. And, uh, and, by the way, I need to praise both of you guys. I really do, because the sports fans of Southeast Missouri have no concept of how lucky they are to have two guys come on the radio every day and talk local sports about what's going on in this world. That doesn't happen in very many places. And the people of Southeast Missouri need to appreciate that. You guys do a great job, and you've made some really good suggestions today, Eric, and I
0: appreciate it. Well, we appreciate that, Tom. Who you got in the Super Bowl?
2: Well, I have three daughters, and uh, two of them spent well over excess $1,500 to go see Taylor Swift in a concert in Denver, Colorado, um, about a year ago. So I think I'm rooting for the Chiefs, and I get, I'm in Missouri, so I better say the Chiefs. I guess um, I would have been recruiting for the or, or recruiting rooting for the uh, Detroit Lions because it's sentimental. You know, the Lions need to have a championship or something, but they didn't get it done, and so. Uh, I guess I'll go with the Chiefs and Taylor Swift.
0: Yeah, Had the Lions made it, the entire nation would have been outside of yeah, Taylor I'm Swifties. Yeah, i a Buccaneer
2: fan, and so um, I've, I'm a lifelong Buccaneer fan since 1976 when they went 0-14. But uh, um, my, I'll go ahead and root for Taylor Swift because my three daughters would want me to.
0: I understand. I've got two daughters myself. Tom, we appreciate yes. the time. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk down the road.
2: Hey, have a good one, both of
0: you guys. All right. That is Tom Davis, com. Any reaction?
1: For me? Yeah. I think he was totally honest and and forthcoming on his comments. And I think he truly does regret using that word. So all you got to do is take him by what you uh, hear. And I think he... You know, he, I will I think say, he vindicated himself, at least for his honesty about what he did. And, he realized he did that wrong, and so what do you do? You say, okay, that's okay, let's move on.
0: And it brought out all the negative Neds in the comments section. We've got to go back to Division Two. We can't compete. Even though they win championship after championship in every freaking sport at <laughs> Uh, You know, we got to go back to Division Two, and we need a high school all-star team on the roster. That's it. Gonna fill the Show Me Center and they're gonna win championships. Okay,
1: that's your thoughts or that's your no. Opinion those are of the, the comments.
0: Those are some of the comments in the comment oh, section okay. that that he says he doesn't read. You believe he doesn't read the comments?
1: Well, uh, uh, no, I don't. Believe yeah, I that. do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I like the comment. I I don't comment. Now, what's your question? I don't do comment. I,
1: do I believe that he reads the columns? No, and the I comments. S- I said he no. said he does not read. I said the comments. no, but I believe he does. I okay. don't. I don't, you know, he put out the word no. Well, I'll take him at his little word,
0: little. but I do know that uh, oftentimes coaches and athletes say, I don't read that garbage in the home. Yes, they well, do. Well, I got ripped. Yes, they do. I don't
1: know if you remember, but I got ripped bad, bad in, in social media back when Bob Gibson was going to sit in our dugout. Remember that in Wichita? And everybody ripped me. I guess every dad can go down there and sit in the dugout, you know, and everything. And and so I got ripped bad, and I didn't respond to any of them. Not a one. I didn't, uh, and I didn't have Mary. Every dad
0: that is in the Hall of Fame can come down and sit in the dugout. (laughs) Well,
1: the point is, other dads have. No, I understand. You know how our dugout was. Nobody was barred from our dugout. But anyway, that's that's what you get when you put out a controversial statement or a controversial rumor that Bob Gibson, he didn't sit in our dugout. But he asked me if he could, and I said, yeah, you can. I said, but you ought to be in uniform. And I had a uniform, number 45, right there. And uh, so I don't know. It just kind of fell by the wayside. But the reason why he wanted to sit in the dugout was because he was flooded. His son was playing for me, and he went four for four in the g- game before. And he didn't even get. He said, "I didn't even see the hits." There's, you know, people around getting autographs, and he said, "I need to isolate myself. Some, you know, try to get away from people." But that, but that's the reason. You remember why when I was.
0: Gibson ripped OVC baseball umpire Don Gilmore? Yo, Don yeah. Gilmore after a game. Gilmore got starstruck. <laughs> came over. He's a terrible umpire. Yeah. And he made two calls that just killed Semo, and they were the wrong calls. Anyway,
1: well, we, you know,
0: and Gibson, he tried to come over. And, hey, Mr. Gibson, and, and and Gibson said, "You are terrible," and walked away.
1: Yeah, you know, he would. <laughs> Bob Gibson had that reputation. Right now, he and I became, you know, reasonably good friends. Him and Wendy, both his wife, and uh, you know, he he would uh, say, you know, there was an incident that. We were playing over in Kentucky somewhere, and Bob wasn't there, but Chris, his son, was playing for me. And after the game, we were leaving, and Chris was sitting in the front seat of the van, and a guy stopped us that was there at the game. And he asked if he was Bob Gibson's son, and I rolled the window down, you know, and he was talking to Chris. And he said, let me tell you one thing, you'll never be the ball player that your dad was. And I said, goodbye, You know, it made me mad that he would say something like that to a kid. So anyway, out in Wichita, he's there. He's there, this guy. And we're walking out, and he's about 30 feet behind us. And he's and hey, fellas, hey, fellas, you're trying to get our attention to stop. And I, I told Bob, I said, don't give him an autograph, please. And he said, why? I said, I'll tell you right away, but don't give him an autograph. And he said, oh, it's bad business for me. And I said, I know. I know. There's nobody here, though, you know, around us. And he didn't give me an autograph.
0: Hit the, he, hit the streets, pal. Uh, and, just... and,
1: and I told him I, I, what happened, and he said, thank you. He said, I, that those kind of people. He said, but I want Chris, my son, to play ball for the love of the game. He doesn't have to prove anything. And I said, I know that. That's why I didn't want you to give an autograph to somebody that made a statement like that. But you know, you hear that kind of stuff all the time. I used to be ripped all the time. So that's natural. That's that's okay. But when you get vicious with it, that's a different story.
0: And people are vicious. Okay. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, hated to hear the news that Dickie Nutt yeah. uh, has cancer. Uh, it, he was not specific in his release, but he said they they are uh, they caught it very early, and he's very optimistic about making a full recovery, and we are praying in that direction for Dickie Nutt, who's going to take some time off from Mizzou men's basketball. And uh, Dennis Gates had some very nice words, if you want to read uh, the story in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about Dickie Nutt. uh, And, of course, you know we love Dickie Nutt around here. I know he got fired, but uh, I always had a good relationship with Coach Nutt, and uh, certainly we hope that he makes a full recovery i I, I, I did not want to hear that news yesterday
1: absolutely you text me uh, with information and i'll say this about dickie nutt he's one of the most congenial nice people that i've ever met and he made a relationship with my grandson tj tj loves him and when he went to florida where's it was it stetson Stetson. didn't he go down to florida assistant
0: stetson is in florida
1: okay okay he sent tj a jersey of that basketball team. Show you what kind of relationship they had and how he he doesn't forget people.
0: They're the Hatters, the Stetson Hatters.
1: He he was just that kind of guy. And, and, you know... uh, I really appreciate what, the way he felt about our family and everything and how he, he was just cordial, yeah. just a just a great guy. So he, he'll he come out of this, you know, I I get a good feeling about it.
0: Jess, hello to the uh, lovely and talented Dawn Sean. She's got a hair appointment today, so she's going to look nice and purdy after her hair appointment. Well, are you going to take her
1: out or are you going to watch a movie at home, Groundhog Day?
0: Groundhog Day will be watched. Now, whether or not she's going to watch well, it she's or not, got we'll first, find out. Hey,
1: she's got first preference. Let's keep that in mind. Got a final uh, final nugget for us? Uh, yeah, I want to say, how to my girls, it's right here in Cape now. One's from Columbia and Texas, Kim and Shell, and my son-in-law, Darren. They're both uh, working on site. And uh, my boys, Tom, listen to the show. In fact, he texted the, the show. And um, so, and, and Jess, what I want to read today is something that is kind of funny, but I really believe it. Advice is what we ask for when we already know the answer, but wish we didn't. <laughs> that was written by Erica Long. And, you know, hey, this is a good day for people to be kind to each other. You've got a good, sunshiny day. Smile at somebody, wave at somebody if you know them or don't know them, and you, you'll you get a response. I guarantee you. I, I do that all the time, and I don't know if there's one out of 100 that, you know, was glum Make the most nice day. All right.
0: It's Groundhog Day, and if you haven't watched it, watch it. And if you have watched it, watch it. Happy Groundhog Day, everybody.